What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Salty Runback. Here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. We finally made it the home stretch of the spring split in the NACL. The finals weekend is approaching both for the NACL and also those qualifiers. We have all four teams locked in for the promotion relegation tournament. We got to see where they'll be placed at the end of the week. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful Thursday, which is when we will be releasing this. I'm Grapes. This is Hawk. I mean, we, it's been a while, Hawk. We, we're finally reunited. Yeah, we're we're back. We're back uh, together. You know, look, Cubby filled in really great. Alk Battery filled in really great. Shout out Levitate, Snow Two, Messages, and Fanatic as well for coming on the show. But so it's, it's always good to have my partner in crime back here with me finally. Hey, and just in time for the most important weekend of the entire split. Yes, sir. And I'm just super excited to get into this. We have so much going on. Of course, this Saturday and Sunday are going to be intense. I was just considering. Um, making a question just about like plan your schedule for how you're going to intake <laughs> all of this League of Legends and like how it's going to work because a lot of overlap here and there. Uh, you can catch all of the semifinals um, and both on Twitch.tv slash Challengers League, Twitch.tv slash RallyCry, um, and I believe Smacks will be taking the second series that is unstreamed that day. And for the finals, for NACL, you're going to want to go to Challengers League. For NACLQ, you're going to want to go to Twitch.tv slash RallyCry for the series to be in full. Unless it's a clean sweep, if you're just watching on Challengers League, that, that stream is going to get cut partway through. So if you want to get the full coverage, go to twitch.tv slash official. And Hawk, we have some other stuff going on on our side as well this weekend. Yeah, I know. Maybe you're sitting there wondering uh, why Smax is taking the series on Saturday instead of us. And I mean, first of all, it's just because Smax is really cool and we love Smax. But... The main reason, Grapes, is, uh, you know, for those of you that might have been might have been tracking things last week, we took a little toe dip in the sea lull, and we got a pretty exciting match coming up in, what is it? It's the, the North Conference. I don't want to mess this up. Uh, North, North Conference, Conference playoffs match between uh, St. Louis University and who are they, who are they playing against? It's St. Louis versus Northwood. and so St. Louis versus Northwood. <laughs> if you're an NACL, NACLQ fan, a lot of players that you're going to recognize that oh, yeah. are there. Winnie, Aaron, Skytech, Vital, if you watched Immortals last split. Speaking of Immortals, we'll get to them a little bit later. Um, they're, they're all in St. Louis. And, of course, if you're a fan of the Super Sunshine Fruit Basket Warrior Squad, that is Northwood. C-Lol is, is kind of coming up on us really quick. Oh, yeah. We're trying to get as acquainted as possible because of course this is your one-stop shop for everything uh na developmental and, and collegiate yeah. is definitely keep part your of eyes that. out so we'll have some streams throughout the weeks as we get forward and, and keep going towards the national championships but we got to talk about some NACL and NACLQ Hawks so let's get into the headlines for today some great series in the Challengers League specifically throughout the entirety of last week but I think the, the big surprise, kind of, is a, a convincing 3-1 victory by Dignitas Challengers over Cloud9. This was the series that everyone was hyping up. We, we, we kind of expected these two to be the most, uh, kind of the strongest teams in the entire league, but pretty one-sided for Dignitas, Hawk. Are we yeah. just putting them in as the favorites to pull through this finals weekend? I mean, Grapes. For, first of all, I, I want to take a step back. Like, How crazy is it that after... All of the games this split were now down to only two series per per weekend and and only three teams remaining in the championship. I mean, that is that is insane. Like after 36 games every week, like grapes getting to bed at six in the morning every every night. Uh, That's true. Like we have really come down the wire. And and yeah, I mean, the expectations were definitely set on the show uh, that cloud nine 
would be the uh, the pretty dominant favorite heading into the final weekend. And as you said, Dig taking them down three to one. And Graves, I'm going to be honest. I think Dig could absolutely be considered a favorite. Whether or not I, I would like have them as a runaway favorite, honestly, I have two answers to this. I don't think there's any runaway favorite in the NACL, and I think that's been proven all year. No matter how dominant certain teams have been, no matter how good Cloud9 and Dig have been throughout the entire year, everybody's been beating everybody. Uh, I mean, and you just, it feels like it's so hard to predict, even if one team might look better at the moment than the other. Uh, I mean, Team Liquid proving that beautifully. We said that nine teams could win. Well, the, the ninth seed is the ninth is seed. in the final weekend. So, I mean, it, it feels, it feels like anyone could beat anyone. So that's, that's like the cop-out answer. The real answer though, is I do think I consider Dig actually a favorite and this might be a hot take, but I think it's because Dig pound for pound across all five roles has on average, the best players out of any team in the North American Challengers League. Their soul lanes, Hoon and Insanity, are cracked. XU's having an insane split. Tomo and Diamond are starting to look like they're picking up where... Or, well, sorry. Uh, Spawn and Diamond are starting to look like they're, they've picked up where Tomo and Diamond have left off. So, I, I have really been impressed by this team. It just feels like, on average, they're the hardest team to beat at this point because they just are better than you, you know? If you asked me to predict the result of this best of five entering this weekend, I probably would have said something like, you know, C9-3-2. I think that Dignitas mm. have looked strong. They faltered a little bit at times, but overall, um, I think Cloud9 has looked really good, just kind of top to bottom. Didn't see too many weaknesses within them. Uh, but two things that happened this weekend have changed my mind just a little bit. One, uh, Hoon just destroyed fake god the entire series i mean other yeah. than game one where it was Cassante versus scion if you look at the other <laughs> three games even though c9 won one and fake god had a had a good mid game on nar um hoon was up like 100 cs in every Dude, single lane it was i want to i want to interrupt real quick sorry hoon's <laughs> no. glow up this split man yeah. has been unreal so like shout out hoon uh i think he's leading in solo kills now that now that the mns is gone so Big, big, big moves from Hoon. <laughs> yeah, and, and on top of that, you know, Fake God was able to perform kind of like on this weak side, but uh, like Hoon just got so strong in every one of those games that it, it just didn't matter how good of a Malphite ult Fake God had in Game Four or, or stuff like that. It just, it just was Dignitas kind of running things from there. Um, and the other side of things is that Lost in Zazel, um, a bot lane that I consider to be probably the strongest in the entire league, didn't look that great this series against Dignitas. I mean, Lost got caught repeatedly over and over again. We have been heralding him as, you know, this great aggressive bot laner. Seems mm -hmm. like that kind of, he kind of maybe flew a little bit too close to the sun here this series. There were multiple moments where he kind of just flashed forward a little bit too fast yeah. and just died, whether it was from XU on Vi the, or something the, like that. The Cloud9 Lost copy pastas well. were going into the, into the chat, I'm sure, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's there's no I'm I'm not concerned necessarily in that that is what is exactly going to happen if these two teams do end up playing against each other again. But that does kind of raise some concerns for Cloud Nine a little bit. I mean, Fake God just kind of got outclassed by Hoon the entire series, and I don't necessarily yeah. see that changing. And, and Lost and Zazel, I mean, they have they played good, but honestly, Spawn and Diamond, as you mentioned, like really really came together these last couple of weeks and have once again kind of elevated dig to the status of you know best bot lane or, or one of and to me that 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 makes the biggest difference to me because i mean i was talking about dig having i think just the best individual players from top to bottom but also like it's not by a lot uh but it's just enough and i think a big thing too 
I, I think at this point in the split, seeing Spawn fit in so well with this team, like the team environment at Dignitas, I would actually be inclined to think is pretty good this split. Oh, to, yeah. to have one of your big carries leave mid-split, go to the LCS, Spawn comes down on it. Like, I, I mean, I have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. I wouldn't be surprised if Spawn came down to the NICL, maybe a little mental boomed, a little bit burnt out, a little bit frustrated. And, and to see this team not really miss too much of a beat, um, you know, we were talking about how they were maybe limit testing a bit at the end of the NICL split with some of the like Pike Blitzcrank shit that that Diamond was doing, and <laughs> they come back to playoffs and they're they're the only team left in the upper bracket, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling that team environment is strong there too, and and I think that's a really underrated thing that's really hard to put a value on, but um, I, I would imagine is helping elevate the Dig roster as well. Now I know that we were really excited about Dig beating C9, but I think the I the the best series of the entire weekend, maybe the best series of the entire season? Question mark. Fear versus Team Liquid Challengers. My goodness, five games, bloodbath, back and forth. TL was gonna win. Fear was gonna win. I don't know. I, the fans won at the end of the day, but TL I know coming out with a crucial 3-2 victory to make their way to their fourth straight finals weekend with a brand new roster, as we mentioned a couple of times throughout the year. Hawk, what was one of the best moments from this series that that you want to just sit back and recollect a little bit? Grace, before we get into that, uh, I gotta I gotta ask you a really important question. You know, you said maybe the best series of the split. Fear versus TL or Fear versus Fly? What's the better series? Oh, What's man. the better five game banger? I have my heart for Fly Quest, uh, you know that. But oh, man, <laughs> this that was just so like like just like game fives. Just like there's so many storylines going back and forth, and I didn't have to give it to this series. I, I have to. I'm sorry, Fly that's, Quest. That's 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 valid. I mean, look, it, it was a great series, right? And and I mean, it was a series filled with so many amazing moments, so many storylines. Like, first of all, Fear. What an achievement for them finishing top four not only considering that they are a provisional team but also considering the expectations that many people may or may not have had definitely not us uh definitely about don't this check team. the tapes from episode one i you you could <laughs> like maybe don't don't do that but you could um because i mean really what a great series from from or a great season rather a great split from cincinnati fear what an achievement for them to get top four and I mean, this series was great. I, I think my personal favorite, like, moment, if I had to pick one, ironically, not in Game 5. I thought it was so funny in Game 4 when uh, both teams, at one after the other, it started with Fear. Fear starts Baron, and then Team Liquid comes at them from Fear's side of the map and, like, forces them off Baron. So then Team Liquid then decides to start Baron, and Fear comes at Team Liquid from... Team Liquid side of the map and forces them off the Baron. Like, it was the funniest. Like, I don't want to call them Baron throws, but the fact that the sequences were so similar and both teams did it one after the other was just, like, hilarious to me. Yeah, and, and then just, like, the fact that TL got the Baron finally, but then they were stuck and then, like, three of them died. Right. It didn't mean anything anyway. Exactly. Um, like, it was pointless. <laughs> it was a completely Pyrrhic victory. Like, that, that was, uh, I just like, couldn't just help but laugh at that, like, five-minute Baron sequence of, of no one winning. Uh, a series full of amazing moments, especially this those last two games specifically. But I'm gonna give you kind of just the 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 audience the the moment the crowd wants. Obviously, the answer the crowd wants is of course just like the last ten minutes of that game five. Oh yeah, I, it, I it, oh the like, last whole ten minutes. Okay, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's just like the, the <laughs> yeah get out of the way. Like that was I was in the, I was like on the edge of my seat watching the oh, yeah. entire the entire sequence and just freaking out the entire time. Uh, yeah, just. Uh, incredible but um 
for like kind of more, more like favorite moment uh is it bm to give it to bradley going like oh and seven on Cho'Gath? uh <laughs> no, just getting don't camped do by Perry. Like that. and then coming back and like winning a fight and like that moment where bradley was just like this yeah. big Cho'Gath and like coming alive finally after just like getting the ballast treatment basically for the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the game like as a top laner that like just made me feel so vindicated but the awk battery tweet that they showed on the stream like oh uh perry's found the mythical seventh jungle <laughs> camp top lane that was that was a banger like that's a yeah. good tweet right there uh oh no yeah you it, it was good that bradley had the redemption like i would have felt way worse if bradley just finished the game like 010 and it was like a 25 minute stop but no it, it went like still, still that game died. was like 45 minutes or something yeah, right still like, like got caught which resulted in the end of the game but he had his he had the moment in the middle which was good he had <laughs> he had flashes of brilliance but yeah, i mean yeah. grapes this, this series though we, you know, we, were, we were talking about how good it was like the team play on display for both these teams and like the ironclad mental as well like the first two games that Fear lost, they kind of got destroyed. Like, they weren't very close, game mm -hmm. game one and three. Game two and four were, like, some slog wins. And then that culminates in this, like, crazy game five. Like, like both teams were in it to win it. Both teams were playing so well together as five. I mean, that's something in particular we've praised Fear for all season. And I, I, it feels like everyone had their moment in the limelight. Like, just, ah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. What a good one. I, what a good one. I know that the, the phrase, like, everyone had their moment is something that we use a lot. But I think literally every player yes. in this series yes. had, like, Easily. a time where you're like, this guy's the best player in the world. Like, whether yeah. it was, like, APA's Cassiopeia in game one, Trevor, like, on, on different supports, whether it was, like, the Renata um, in mm -hmm. some of their in the wins or losses, Shoji's Syndra game in game two, um, and Arrow and, Arrow and Kim down. I mean, oh, what, yeah. What happened? Like they just—they became—they uh, were incredible. Dude, I, I told you at the beginning of the season, Kim Down's the goat. Like, let's go, Kim Down's getting it done. Yeah, I mean, just really great stuff all around. Of course, hearts out to fear, but Team Liquid. I mean, they earned it. They made it into finals weekend. It's kind of just inevitable at this point. Um, we're gonna move on to our third topic here of the day. Um, Chad, we got it. I mean. I know that we're talking about finals weekend, but already some off-season news has hit our, our, hit our shelves. You know, Chad was announced that um, he has been released from Immortals Challengers, now a free agent. I mean, kind of surprising, honestly, considering that this is the first uh, kind of off-season roster move. I mean, were you expecting this, and, and what does this mean for Immortals moving forward? I, I mean, it's interesting. I wasn't expecting anything this early, but honestly, I... As much as I like Chad, I do think this move for Immortals might make sense. Chad, honestly, I don't think had the best split. I, I'm sure he would say the same thing. Um, it, it just it wasn't the most amazing. I'm sure he'll find himself on a team unless he steps away from competitive. I think, I think he's still a great jungler. But I, I, I think the bigger story here is like the, the off season is now, and we're only a like what a couple months away from the start of the next split already. And so, I mean, these teams, especially Immortals Challengers, they were what the second lowest. Uh, challengers team uh at the end of the season if i'm not mistaken by the time they're they were eliminated in playoffs like they clearly something just didn't quite click with this roster i i guess i'm not surprised that they're making changes that at this point but it really begs the question like what other moves are teams going to start to make now that seven uh that's not right 13 out of the uh 16 teams that started the split are now done I'm really, really intrigued with what's going to happen this offseason, both for the whatever teams end up promoting in to the NACL and, and how what that means, but yeah. also just the fact that, hey, I, I mean, the Challengers teams, being on a Challengers team versus a provisional team, like, there are so many different advantages to that. They, it pays more. You get to live in L.A. You work with an LCS organization uh, kind of just full time. 
And I mean, I, I hate to say it, Hawk, but I saw some sad twitlongers by Cincinnati, some of the fear members. It seemed that, like this dude, was dude, don't of, do me like that because I saw those too. I, I, I know, and, and it's making me a little bit concerned because I know, like, as a fan, I would love to see these five players continue to compete. I know. But if you look at if you look at it realistically, I mean, they were a top four team. Why, like, who's gonna stop a Challengers roster who needs a new jungler to say, hey, Perry, here's like. Five, ten times your salary, exactly. and you can get to move out to LA and work with our LCS coaches. You know what I mean? So this is kind of, I think, just the first domino that falls, and I'm very interested to see how this will continue to impact the way that different teams try to try to approach this off season. And and I do think that is the story. Not so much, you know, Chad uh, lo- losing his spot on Immortals, which I mean, obviously, is news, but I think it's more so. Where are all these players going to end up? Like, how many offseason moves are going to be made? Are provisional teams going to keep their rosters together? Are are challenger teams going to try to keep some of the developmental pieces together, or are they going to be more aggressive in making changes? And it's probably going to change from team to team. But yeah, I agree with you, especially looking at a team like Fear. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if Immortals called up called up Perry tomorrow. You know, I I mean Perry or, had such a great yeah, split. I mean Perry, um, Keel, Winnie, Keel, like, yeah, like any of these people, any of these players, exactly, they're... yeah. And and uh, Winnie, I mean, you know, there's the list goes on, right? So, I mean, it's it, it it's it's an interesting time for sure, and and I think, you know, the off season is going to be interesting to watch because of the existence of provisional teams. You know, in the past, it's just been amateur, and then it's been academy. And obviously, like if you get the academy call, like boom, you're going to academy, and that's probably still the case. But given the existence of provisional teams, I just wonder how that'll change the dynamic of the off seasons. Just something that kind of remains to be seen. I feel like. Well, we'll continue to watch that as we go throughout the weeks. It's actually not that fast of a, not that slow of a like kind of off season. It goes, we're we're into summer relatively we're, quickly, so we're moving, things are gonna yeah. have to move quickly as we continue to move on here. Our our next question involves the NACLQ, as the promotion relegation tournament is happening in about three weeks or so, and we have all of four of our teams locked in. But the biggest storyline is from a team that has not qualified, and that is Native. They unfortunately lost their quarterfinal matchup to. Maryville University, uh, and because of that, did not end with enough points to qualify into that event. I know this is a team with a lot of expectations, Hawk. Did they get screwed out of potentially making it in? I mean, man, what a tough question. Uh, the, sh- the short answer is, like, yes and no. Uh, I think they kind of, like, for reference, um, Native in the quarterfinals got drawn into the pre-tournament number one seed both times. <laughs> so uh, both times. they had to play who everyone thought would be the best team in the quarterfinals both times, which, like, whether or not that team actually is the best team is a, a discussion that could be had. But, like, the point is that they they got a tough quarterfinals drop both times, and they lost both times. So I think the short answer is, like, yeah, they got screwed. Like, I'm sure they would have much rather played Mirage Alliance in the quarterfinals than Maryville University. However, you know, if we were to power rank the NACLQ teams right now, I would have Native Gaming solidly fourth, which does put them in a promotion relegation spot. But I'm not sitting here feeling like they were a top team that didn't get that didn't get in because you know what? If they were really that top team, they probably would have won one of those series against Team Fish Taco or Maryville in the quarterfinals. So it, it's a tough situation. I, I, I I'm sad because I just really liked the native roster. I mean, we had messages and fanatic on the show yeah. last week. Like my heart goes out to them. I know messages was talking about, um, he was, you know, really hungry and wanted to prove himself and everything like that. I have messages. I hope you're doing okay. Um, and I'm sure you'll find yourself on your feet, but, um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm sad 
to see this team lose. But, like, yeah, tough draws, but at the same time, like, I don't know, just win, man. Like, it's, it's, that's also part of it. When you look at the results from the overall event, it was top eight in OQ1, top eight in OQ2. When four teams make it in, that should not be enough to get you in, obviously. Of course, there are different circumstances, like the fact that they got so unlucky to be matched up against the the top team that was struggling in the quarterfinals. If they played them in semis and lost, we'd be telling a very different story than if right. we they lost in quarters, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, when you compare them to Supernova, Supernova had better results because of that semifinal appearance in OQ1, and there's not really much you can argue with about that. And I think that's kind of the mindset that a lot of the players are going to be taking as well. Of course, like if you're gonna if you're gonna be a top team, you're gonna have to beat some of the top teams eventually. And and overall, if you look at Native's performance throughout um, the throughout kind of the OQs, when you look at the matches that they lost, it was to Team Fish Taco, Maryville University. Um, and they lost a best of one to uh, Rock Bottom in the open qualifiers as well. But, uh, I mean, they never were able to kind of push past that mark, and I think that is a definitely something that, that is to be noted. And they weren't able to ever, unfortunately, get into that top tier, but, but uh, it, it, which is honestly a little bit surprising to see, of course, because I do think that this team probably had one of the highest ceilings, and I'm sad that we never got to see them reach it. Yeah, it, again, it's definitely a bummer for Native. And and I think a big thing, too, is we shouldn't take anything away from Supernova. I think even though it could be argued that Native is better than Supernova, I mean, look, Supernova pushed their way past a pretty strong Team Ambition team all the way back in, in the first split quarterfinals uh, or the first tournament quarterfinals to make semis. Like, it's not like uh, they rolled over a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, is Team Ambition weaker than Maryville, weaker than Team Fishtaco? Yeah. But I, I, I don't think anything should be taken away from Supernova. I think, you know, if you want to argue that Native Gaming got screwed, um, you know, perhaps the, the, that Riot could take a look at the format uh, as far as at least reseeding the teams for quarterfinals. Um, because the I think the, the set seeding doesn't work when group stage seeding is also set. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, like, yeah, I, th I think Native, they got unlucky. They, they undebatedly got unlucky, but at the same time they could have still won those series and they unfortunately did not so i'm i'm very much expecting that we will see much more of all of those players whether it is a promotion or just kind of getting another shot in the qualifiers oh, yeah. for the summer split so the, we'll, they we'll, got some they got some studs on that roster i think yeah. i think they'll end up being okay <laughs> we, we could continue to root for that for sure uh and yeah. i think that's a good way to bring us into this final question of the headlines which involves the remaining teams that are still in the NACLQ. Now, of course, we have our four teams locked in. That is Maryville University, TikTok Tony Top, uh, Supernova, and, of course, Team Fish Taco. Three of them are still in. Supernova is locked in fourth. They will be the bottom seed in the upcoming promotion relegation tournament. But, I mean, does this weekend even matter for the other three? Like, does finishing first seed versus second seed versus third seed, does that, does, like, does it matter? Or is it just the team that's going to promote? Are they just going to promote? Right, and so what we know so far is that the bracket's going to be double elimination with best of series, if I'm not mistaken. We don't we don't know any specifics outside yeah. of that. Some best of um, three, some best of fives. Best of, so best of threes, best of fives, double elimination, probably pretty similar to the the NACL playoffs bracket, just a condensed right. And I would be inclined to say that I do think seeding matters, not a lot, but I think seeding would matter. It, particularly, I'm looking at the first round. I think there's a big difference between whether or not you're playing against 
CLG Faith or AOE Gold in the first round of the promotion relegation tournament. And, and like, yeah, I mean, if you win that game, you're going to have to play AOE Gold anyway. But, I mean, if I had to guess, right, the way the tournament would probably work is they're just they're trying to whittle it down to four teams. So mm-hmm. you probably would only have to win, like, two or three series to promote if you get out of that first match. And you'd be able to dodge some pretty good teams in the lower bracket as well. Um, so I, I would think that being a middle seed actually does give you a nice spot. Like, that's not to say that I don't think Supernova could promote uh, or, like, they're screwed because they're eight. But I, I just – I would be inclined to say, like, yeah, getting a getting a better seed would give you a slightly nicer position. My – yeah, I, I, I think that – AoE certainly just like by far and away probably the strongest team coming. They're in. not gonna demote. I I will um, eat. I will do something heinous if AoE demotes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll like eat a shoe. I'll eat. I'll eat something. I'll eat something if AoE demotes. But overall, I am actually really interested to see how the promotion relegation tournament and just kind of the strength of the bottom those bottom three teams, uh, FlyFam, TL First, and CLG Faith are actually going to be because we haven't watched them play in like three weeks because they got eliminated early and now they're kind of just um, screaming over and over again. And maybe they're learning a lot of new things and really improving in this time. We haven't been able to figure that out just yet. Um, my question here, if I can spin this a little bit, is since we already know that Supernova is going to be at the bottom and they're going to be playing AOE in the first round, presumably, because they're the top the top NACL team, bottom provisional team, do you think it matters for these other three teams that are still in the mix? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Because I'm um, not sure. I think it's hard to tell at this point. Like, CLG Faith was certainly, like, the weakest-looking team coming in, but even in their last series against Wildcard, yeah. they kind of had some moments, so... I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, a big a big thing that the NACL broadcast in particular was saying, and, and players have actually come out and said it as well, if I'm not mistaken, is that CLG Faith has gotten stronger. And <laughs> to to really play format format uh, Frank over here, we, <laughs> like, if you're a two... If you're the... What, if you're the... Six or the seven seed provisional team, uh, NACLQ team, you would be playing either Team Liquid or FlyFam in the first round, and then like the, the winner of the yeah, other match in the next some... round. So you would you could promote by dodging AOE. That that is true. So so is the goal to not win but like finish so in the middle like lose strategically? So uh, I mean I don't not... I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's like a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's like let's let's like happy game let's have some happy the, the finals. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like that. But so I I think the short answer is like no. I don't think there's a huge difference between uh seven through five. Like I I think you take what you get. Um, however, I mean I I actually wouldn't compl- like I wouldn't be, be sad if I was the six or the seven. However, <laughs> I'd probably still want to be the five. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just to be clear, there is still a points differential within the three teams that are still remaining. It is possible, though, for all of them to be all the different seeds. Um, if Team Fish Taco, even though they're 40 points behind Maryville, if they win the whole thing and Maryville loses to TikTok Tony Top in the semifinals, uh, then TFT is for seed. If Maryville win the whole thing, they're for seed. If Tony Top win the whole thing, they're for seed. But that is um, going to be a really... And if Rock Bottom win the whole thing, it's chaos. It... <laughs> If Rock Bottom win, they will be still not in, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but but it's what if Rock Bottom win? It's probably either Maryville or Tony Top first seed. Yeah, probably. 
there, there's some things to take a look at here, but there's I think that's going to... There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, we, we can unpack some more of it, actually, as we head into the second part of our show. That's going to be it for our headlines. We are going to look at every single team that is still remaining in the NACL and the NACL queue and tell you why you should be rooting for them. It is finals weekend for the NACL and the NACLQ, and that means that seven teams remain. Three from the NACL and four from the qualifiers. Of course, Rock Bottom Esports is unfortunately not able to continue um, into the promotion relegation tournament, but they could still win. They could still come home with some extra bread after this set of games. And so what we're going to do is go through each of the teams and tell you why they will win. We're not going to take into account the fact that we think all of them are going to win in this situation. We're just going to go through them one by one and let you know why you should root for them and what to expect entering this weekend. Hawk, let's let's run down what we're going to do for each of these teams. Yeah, let's let, let's just dive straight in. I mean, we got a lot to talk about. Lots of good stuff here. Grapes. So number one, up on the docket, Dignitas Challengers, the team that we have, I think, proclaimed at this point as a slight favorite to win the NACL. Why are they taking home the prize? Oh, man. Okay, so... There's so much to talk about with this team. So what we're going to do, basically, is we're going to explain why you should root for them, what they do really well, which you might have alluded to for some of them in our headlines, what you can do to beat them, maybe, and if they go all the way, who is going to be their potential finals MVP? What's the difference maker here in that last series that clinches them that title? So let's start off with Dignitas. Of course, they did beat Cloud9. Why you should root for them is because I think a lot of these players have been kind of doubted on in, in various moments throughout their careers, whether it was Hoon mm -hmm. in these LCS uh, time and Xy as well, kind of in, to a similar extent. Uh, Insanity kind of was in LCS and not anymore, and, and that's kind of the case you can make for uh, Spawn and Diamond as well. Uh, this team was built to perform really well in the NACL. They're here, and they are not going to take any prisoners, I don't think, as we saw in that last series. No, they, oh, they are not taking prisoners. I, I, I think that's exactly why. Like, honestly, Dignitas is just a team full of electrifying players, some of them with varying degrees of experience. I mean, like, generally generally a lot of experience on the team, but, like, I I just think that these are players that, similar to Cloud9 maybe, which we can get into a little bit, like, have had sort of been counted out. I mean, I know I had counted out Hoon at the very beginning of the season. I was really critical of this player, and now I'm sitting here talking about how he's got the most solo kills in the NACL, like just just popping off, you know? And I, I think it's always great to see a redemption story, and whether or not you believe that NACL should be all about developing talent or playing to win, uh, Dignitas is playing to win, and like there's nothing wrong they're, with they're that. They're winning. You know? I think they're winning, <laughs> exactly. They're, they're doing what they said they would. But and what is it that they do? What's the, like what's if you had to like define their play style and, and what to expect out of them? I mean, what 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 is it? GG blank gap, as in any lane, you know, they, like whether or not it's insanity busting out the Udi or mid, whether or not it's Hoon playing like the Korean Nar, like dude, they just they're gonna like destroy you. That's it. And, and, and I mean, like, there there are other things that make this team successful as well, but that is just the most defining part about the Ignatas. Throughout the entire year, even back when they had Tomo, like, was they were they were just winning they were winning their 1v1s, they were winning their 2v2s, and they were making it really difficult for teams to find a window in the games. Covey's phrasing is always full court press. Full court, that, yep, full court press. That makes a lot comp. of sense. He said it like I think like 
10 times, I think, at this point, across various platforms. Yeah. But it, when, it when, I, when I VOD reviewed with Cubby, he was like, oh, I noticed you described this draft as an aggressive early game draft comp. I've got a term for this. And I was like, oh, I think I've heard you say it. And he's like, oh, how do you? Yeah, the full court press. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you should use that. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> casting <laughs> and, advice, yeah. right? Casting advice from Cubby, full court and, press comp. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, XU plays like a maniac. All, all the lanes play to win. Hoon has been winning a lot specifically. And I think that could be a good way to transition into what you can do to even take down this team because they haven't dropped many games. I think it's only two maps that they have lost in the playoffs so far. I think what you got to do, first of all, find a way to slow down one of the lanes, whether it is spawn or diamond or, you know, making sure that Hoon isn't able to, to gap top lane as, as hard as he has uh, or insanity or just kind of get XU out of the game. Just if you get one of them and kind of play around that specific win condition, I think that could be an angle for you. Uh, the yeah. second option is to ban Algarian Soul because if that champion gets locked <laughs> in for Dignitas, they are going to win the game. That is... That, that's step one. Step one is ban Aurelian Soul. <laughs> step two is just win, bro. But I, I agree with your first point. Um, like, create yourself a win condition, you know? Like, like Dig is a very good team. They're a very solid team. And, and uh, to be a great team alongside them, you got to understand that, like, you're not always going to win everywhere. So just create a win condition for yourselves. And, and I mean, any team can become mortal. So I, I think that's the way. But, again, you got to complete step one first. If you don't complete step one, like, yeah. what, what the fuck are you even doing, you know? Don't should... don't let this be another moose hater Garen situation. Yeah, please. I, should, I, was, I was just saying maybe I'm making another <laughs> sign for for this weekend. That could be fun. Uh, <laughs> overall, go, yeah. they they do make it. I mean, they only have one best of five to win. So in that series, that's true. If they do come out on top, which as we're saying might be more likely than not, who's the MVP? Who's the one making the difference? It's got to be insanity. I I feel like I feel like insanity has been such a hope, high profile mid laner the whole year, and the reason why is this, he's going to pick. A champ that he hasn't picked the entire split in the best of five in the finals. That's guess it. Guess it right now. I'll give you twenty dollars. Oh, okay. Wait, I have to look at what he's played. I need to <laughs> no, look no, no, at what no, he's no, played. No, 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 no. What? I, I have to be so certain that you, you have to be so certain that it's not going to be it. Okay. Okay. Um. Fuck. Has he played? Has he played a game of Cassiopeia? Uh, that's too basic. Come on, you got it. Come on. Okay. 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 More spicy than that. Dude, I, I I gotta look at what he's played. I gotta look at what he's played. I I need to. It uh, like. I I I'm just imagining a situation from for my finals MVP. Hoon is up 300 CS in his last game playing Fiora what? or something. Just the fully, triple fully flame horizon. The, the, they 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 called. I think some whoever was on the broadcast. They called it the Hoon Horizon at one point, which I thought was that's really awesome. They, he's just like renamed the entire term for himself, but. Um, I, oh, I, I love is, that. He's kind of unstoppable at this point. I don't know. Okay, he has not played Cassiopeia. That would be my prediction: is that as that insanity busts out Cassiopeia. Uh, if you want something, if you want something I don't know if really, I'm, I don't know if I'm giving the money for that if, one. If you man. want something really spicy, if you want something really, really spicy, uh, it's okay. Oh my God, he's played that. Oh, I remember <laughs> that game. I was gonna say Cho'Gath, but he's played it. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Game game five, Hoon is <laughs> Hoon. Insanity, he is busting out the fucking Zed. I don't know. He's busting out Zed. <laughs> He's doing it. Back back to twenty thirteen we go. Faker, what first. was that? <laughs> what? You heard it here first. That's all I'm saying. You know, game five, the Zed comes out, and Hawk gets a little richer. That's I like had say. this really fire premonition. You really put me on the spot. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I feel like I've just talked myself out of it. But he's gonna play something new. 
Uh, and Sandy's going to play something new. Let, let, let's move finals. on. Let's move on to our next team here. We're going to stick with the NACL as we go over to Cloud9 Challengers. They lost to Dignitas, but I think a lot of people did have them kind of as that favorite, especially going to the second half of this split. Why have we got a root for them, Hawk? Uh, you got a root for Cloud9. I, I honestly think it's a similar story to, to, to Dig. Like, a lot of ex-pros uh, or, like, people that have played in the LCS that now in Challengers, like, they're really looking to prove themselves. Also, like, Cloud9... Uh, I feel like in a way, well, no, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I think I think this team, like, they got Zazel, right? Zazel, one of our world semifinalists, has been out of the league for a couple years. Like, come on, don't you want to see that guy win? He looks like such a nice guy. Honestly, if, if your reason was just Zazel, like, I'd say, like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that like, guy, come on, they got awesome. Zazel. <laughs> that means Zazel has to be the MVP, right? Like, Zazel but pulls out the Blitzcrank game five and, like, like hits the flash hook on spawn that, that ends, ends it That up. would be crazy. That would be <laughs> yeah. crazy. Um, I think you should root for Cloud9 because they had had their intention um, at the start of the split. It was to get as many of their players promoted to the LCS as soon as possible. And it will be a very good showcase for some of those LCS teams that are not currently competing in the playoffs. Take a look. Lost and Zazel should be at at a higher level, I think, going into the summer split. I'd be very surprised if they weren't at this point. I don't know with who exactly, but got to get a, a little bit of a look. But overall, what do, yeah. what do they do well? What's, what's something that you have, have been impressed by with Cloud9? Cloud9 has demonstrated... I think just a really uh, a really good ability to be dominant in like the mid stages of the game, which I I, I don't know if that sounds similar to what I said about uh, Dignitas, but I don't think Cloud9 has necessarily been lane gapping as hard. Like Dig has been playing the full court press comp where it's like win lane, win game. Cloud9 has not necessarily been playing that, but their team fighting and their movements together in like the mid game to just start fights and win them yeah. has been like pretty impressive. And they're, they're I think you got to look out for that. It starts with Diplex, by the way. Diplex and Zazel just getting it started. Uh, you know, dig is dig has the full port, full court press. Cloud nine, they're laying out the two three zone. They're just yeah, they're, exactly. They're there, there you back go. And they're you know they're they're adjusting to certain situations and coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, and and they got they got Steph Curry and Diplex, right? Like that that's how that works. <laughs> basketball, so, yeah, something like that. I'm uh, more of a college basketball guy. They got they they got uh they got who's the Purdue player? Um, Zach oh, Eady. The, they got Zach yeah, Eady the, in the, the middle. Tall guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it works because <laughs> Zach Eady's in the middle of the court. Diplex in the middle in of the, the middle. drift. Like yeah. Wow, we're, 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 we got some good analogies coming here. Yeah, it's a late night recording for us, and, and all the ideas it's just coming in hot. <laughs> literally 11 p.m. right now. <laughs> uh, what I I think that Cloud9, um, yeah, I think they're a very well balanced team. I think overall, yeah. like while Dignitas kind of has just like five lanes that like to push forward. If you're with C9, they have a game plan. It is to get Lost and Zazel ahead. Fake God's gonna play weak side. He's be on a tank. Tomio, yeah, he'll he'll run around and, and do some shit. Uh, and Diplex will be will be solid throughout the entire game. And I think that that is um, kind of their their win condition and kind of how they like to play. Um, if Lost and Zazel are playing well, if they're popping off, this team definitely has a shot at going for the title. But in terms of weakness, we saw that with Dignitas. Like like if you can focus in on that top side, Fake God looked very like solid throughout the year, but got kind of exposed a little bit against Hoon. Yeah, and I want to um, point out a weakness that I brought up at the very beginning. Or, or the last episode we did together, Grapes, at the very beginning of playoffs, oh. where I said the, one of the weaknesses of Cloud9 is they sometimes can get a little roped into Fiesta. Like, they, if you can make them party a little bit, they might party a little too hard and pass out in the front <laughs> lawn. And uh, Cloud9, I think, I think that's still the case. I think this is a team that when they're winning, they look dominant. When they're not winning... It's a little bit more suspect, and um, and and you mentioned that like with with Hoon and, and uh, Fake God as well. 
So I, I think uh, watch out. Watch out. Don't let them party too hard. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something we could take a look at here. Um, there, there are certainly teams that like to play Fiesta. Get get TL in a little bit. Um, we can move on to our <laughs> yeah. finals MVP. I, I, in my mind, C9 win. I mean, I think the best player in that Dignitas series was Tomio actually, and just his ability to set up early games. Even though the rest of his team wasn't able to capitalize after that, like I think Tomio had a really good series. And how cool would it be if like just like the youngest player on the on the team, like the the most inexperienced one, is actually the the one that was is the is the one to carry the the veterans on his shoulders at the end of the day. All right. I hear you, and that's perfectly logical. But hear me out, all right? Cloud9 starts the series down 0-2. They go back to the locker room, and they're they're feeling upset. They're down. They don't know what to say. Zazel, being the veteran, looks them straight in the eyes and goes, guys, this reminds me of the time where we won the quarterfinals at Worlds, knocked out Korea, and made it to the semis for the first time in seven years. We looked a freak of freaks straight in the eye and weren't afraid. We engaged on them in mid, and the last vestige of Korea is destroyed. We can come back and win this. Someone will go and ask, well, did you win? No, of course not. 3-0. <laughs> Zazel MVP for mental. Strong mental. All right. Let's go. I, I'd be so happy for Zazel if that ends up happening. Let's move on to our last NACL team, <laughs> Team Liquid. Great story the nine seed coming in they have beaten the three four five and six seeds i think on their way in they got to take down one and two to claim the title i think that's good enough reason to vote for to, to root for them as a yeah. team but just also overall the the fact that this organization has just been so keen on developing talent i know this was one of your favorite rosters coming into the season and honestly they look it looks like they had everything that they wanted to come right you know work out really really well for them at the end of the day the, i never doubted them don't go watch like episode nine i never doubted them uh i i believed in them the entire split well i wasn't here episode nine don't go watch episode seven or eight i i always believed in team liquid challengers to bring it back but i yeah i mean look bradley i feel like it's like one of like the princes of academy at the, uh, of challengers at this point as far as like when people look at na developmental like he's a huge success story um, you've got APA and Kim down who are both challengers league rookies. Like there are so many reasons to root for this team. Uh, and they're just fun to watch. We talked about partying hard, man, team liquid. They're the guys you want to throw on your 21st birthday. You know, like they have them pull up and it's a party. Yeah. It, I feel like in terms of what they do well, it's just like everyone is able to contribute and, and able to become a win condition. That's not something that I would have said throughout the regular season for TL. No. I think Arrow and Kim Down had a very slow start, whether that was due to the inexperience of Kim e Down. Even or... Bradley had some up and downs too, yeah. I, I'll say as well. Yeah, I def def definitely agree. But I think overall, as we saw in that series against Fear, each of the lanes like kind of had their own moment. Bradley's cannon in Game 5 was wild. Yeah. APA had the those crazy Cassiopeia ults and... Aaron Kim down. I think Kim down might have been the MVP of the entire series, if not for Mir. Like like that Rakan, just in every game, just finding perfect engages almost in, in uh, just you know in these really big team fights. That that was really cool. And Arrow, I, I, he looked world class, honestly, in some of those games as well. So I think the fact that it doesn't have to be everyone that turns up, but somebody will, somebody will have a good game in every single time that they they take to the rift. I think that's something that is really really impressive by TL. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I think it brings us into like, why why is this team so strong? Like another big thing, and, and th maybe this will kind of rope an MVP. We're kind of doing it all at once. Like Mir is the best jungler in the league. I think I, I think that that can be said definitively at this point, right? Like, is yeah. that is that a hot take? I mean, I, no, I, 
I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, but overall, I think Mir kind of had like a, a really hot start and then kind of was just like really good throughout the regular season but he has turned it right back up to that like insane level here for playoffs yeah. and uh it's it's been it's been incredible to watch his wukong like just the ability to to fight find the the right engages and, you can't and give like him wukong that, you just it, you just really can't good. you can't yeah like mira's just been so amazing and this it creates such a strong mid jungle apa has been looking looking i think better and better as the split has progressed and it means that like Team Liquid, they got a really clear game plan, right? Play play mid jungle, strong mid jungle, and then move that advantage to side lanes. It's what they've done almost every single game, and uh, in playoffs, it's been working. It's been working really damn well. They've been able to get Bradley ahead. They've been able to get Arrow and Kim down ahead, and they've been winning their games. How how do you how do you beat them though? Is it is it just? I mean, when when everybody's able to to have their moment, is is there a, a like an angle where where you do come out on top? So we've seen this quite a bit. I think there's actually a really clear chink in the armor for Team Liquid, and it's exactly do shut down their game plan. Attack APA and Mir. I think that's the way yeah. that you beat this team. Um, you know, like Bradley, I think, has, has uh, brought it back. Arrow and Kim down, they brought it back. They've been having a good showing. But I still, like, I don't know how I feel about them to carry games on their own when stacked up against, like, the competition that's remaining in the NACL. Like, it's just so stiff, right? Like, I mean you're up against lost and you're up against uh spawn as 80 carries right and uh it's just tough right and i think if you're able to shut down that early to mid game machine that is mirror that is apa you've got a really good way to win the game against them i think you should ban you should not let tl have these three champions like in the same draft wukong varus rakan they they had it like every single game and in that series against Fear, and it like all those pieces worked incredibly well. Even the games that they lost, like, dude, Arrow's Varus was nuts that entire series, and and like, the Varus. I, I don't know. Were I, I was for sure. I was surprised that we kept seeing those those champions get picked, and then like the soul AP and Bradley kind of just picked whatever the hell they wanted. Uh, but like just that that core, just having a solid core like that was, I think, uh, a really good thing for TL. And I think just to add one more reason why I think Team Liquid is fun to watch and why you should root for them, they all have such crazy champion pools. Like Bradley and APA <laughs> in particular are playing stuff that nobody else is really playing, or, or like at least more of it. Like Bradley always has his gangplank in the back. He's been playing a lot of Kennen, which a lot of top laners are playing, but he's been playing more of it. Uh, APA, you know, he's got his zigs. He's got he's got stuff like that. So, but Grapes, who's your MVP? Uh, Mirror's an easy option. I'm gonna go with uh, Kim Down. I think if he has the the set of engages that My he boy. had in, in 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 that last series against Fear, I think I flipped the script completely. I think hell yeah. I, the the TL the TL Fear series was basically just like fate giving me the finger because it was Trevor <laughs> and Kim down and they were both playing great, uh, and I had them as probably two of the worst supports in the entire league coming in, and they were both <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I I gotta give some love to Kim down. He he's had a lot of growth, and I'm I'm really uh, I'm really excited to watch him play this weekend. You all just watched character growth for grapes right there. That was <laughs> that was truly mature. I uh, saw the ego just for today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I do like love the shot to Kim down. I, I think it's Mir. I still do, but um, this whole team's going to be electrifying. And look, they might go down just because of the competition that's remaining, but they're going to go down swinging. Don't, uh, there's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, looking forward to watching them. C9, TL, it's gonna be fun. Let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit, and we could get this one out of the way first as we go over to the NACLQ. We can talk about Rock Bottom a little bit. They are kind of. What do you mean odd... get this one out of the way? This hey, is the spiciest pick here, Graves. They're, they're the odd team out <laughs> in this situation. I think that's why you root for them because they are a group of players that kind of came together in this season and. Uh, they weren't in the first qualifier, but now they're here and they're in top four, which I don't think a lot of yeah. people necessarily were expecting. And so I think overall this will be a really cool story if they're under the top and, and maybe even a PSA or like a kind of an example for to show people who are looking at the format for this next split and say, hey, if you win this second qualifier, even if you don't have enough points, like you should be in because you're the best amateur team coming in. Rock Bottom's going to want to prove that they are that. Definitely. And, you know, like, why should you root for Rock Bottom? They single-handedly have the ability to shatter the confidence of every NACLQ team <laughs> while heading into promotion relegation. That is an awesome amount of power. Uh, so that's that's reason number one. Like, you know, they could they could really, like, th expect some pretty fire tweets from PCL, uh, just like the one after oh, they beat the Mirage Alliance. If they, that oh tweet was God. a banger. <laughs> Graves, honestly, if you want to pull that one up and post and show it, like... Boom. That's that's a good tweet. Um, he, was, he was a little salty. I'm not gonna lie, but, but like he, it was good salt. Though. It was yeah, yeah. it was yeah. You got the last <laughs> laugh. Um, but but it also I mean alongside Tony Top, this is I feel like one of those true amateur teams. The, the type of amateur team where it's just five players coming together. Uh, Rock Boom in his like first real uh, competitive split. Um, like on a high profile amateur team. Music coming over from ERLs. You've got PCL and DNA. They've been together for forever or been around for forever. Like. I don't know. Like it's just it's just one of those amateur teams that that comes together and plays some damn good League of Legends, you know. Yeah, and I think that's what they do well. I they play just they they're all really solid, and I think that music is is a good facilitator behind that. Uh, when he's on, that team is very very good. Um, it was. Uh, I think he announced on Twitter or just like started mentioning at some point that he was actually really sick this weekend. Um, oh. and you could tell in the series that they had against Winthrop, which they barely won to actually even get into the quarterfinals, but turned it around, maybe had some, some medicine or something between those two days because he looked good again. And that means that rock bottom looked good again. Uh, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get ahead of this one here. If they win, it's going to be because of him. Yeah, that's fair. That is more than fair. Uh, so what, I mean, I feel like that also gets into what ha this team has been doing well. Music, been a great facilitator. Like, what else about this team has really made them actually be a top four? Because we weren't really expecting this coming into the, the well, tournament. Well, they got to play against Mirage Alliance. Um, <laughs> one of them. Sorry, sorry, Mirage. I, I mean, it was, like, wh whichever team, like... I mean, I, look, I was a Mirage stage, Alliance yeah. hater from day one, so I'm not going to yeah. disappear with you. <laughs> like, I... Whichever team, like, got to this point, we would have we, we would be talking about them as kind of the, the team that... It yeah. got lucky a little bit in, in, yeah. in the draw. So, um, th but also just like, yeah, I think o overall in that series, they kind of just all, all came to had, had their specific moments. I think that DNA is able to just like whip out really interesting, unique picks that aren't seen as much. He had the Nico in game two, which, which got them the win also played, um, some good Syndra and Oriana throughout the weekend as well. Um, Always good to see that uh, once again. Uh, the bot lane's actually really solid as well. Rock Boom and Rocks are two players that did not really get any time in the PGCQ in 2022. Of course, Rocks subbed in for TSM a little bit throughout uh, the beginning of the split, but now they're together. As it's why they're called Rock Bottom, and they they've been pretty good as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, kind of unexpectedly, I think it's fair to say. Like, this has just been a team of five really good players. I mean, like, PCL, DNA, uh, 
players that we've known to be very proficient um, over the course of time. But like, I don't. I think it's fair to say we never really would have pegged them as top players. But yeah, sure, they they played a Mir- Mirage Alliance. But I mean, every, all five of these players just really have proved themselves to be good at League of Legends. You know, <laughs> like I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what yeah. else to say yeah, about it. Like. In terms of how you beat them, I I mean, I think overall the other three teams that we're going to be talking about have probably stronger players individually. Uh, specifically, they each have very, very experienced veteran junglers. And I think that yeah. when you're somebody like Music, who has definitely climbed the ranks in solo queue incredibly fast and has looked really good for his team, that, that might be an angle where somebody like Wallflower or Darduck or Odd Orange can maybe... You know, knock some sense, knock some sense into this team a little bit. Um, of course, Rock Bottom did beat Maryville in a best of one, but which is, you know, they thank you, thank you to. Uh, it's actually Rock Bottom's fault that Native had to play against uh, Maryville. <laughs> but, um, overall, Rock Bottom knocked out Native. <laughs> yeah, kind of in a way, they lost. They lost in the series, but they 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 won at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I I think not only uh to echo what you said, like. Not only that, um, but it feels like the three teams remaining have very, very versatile play styles in which they can play through multiple lanes to win them games, uh, depending on what the situation is. Like you mentioned, Dardock. Well, they've also got a pretty damn good carry named Red down in the bottom lane and a rock solid top lane. Or like, like they're teams without very many flaws that have demonstrated the ability to carry through multiple roles and and uh, adapt their play style to fit the game situation. And that's sometimes where we could see these like less experienced teams maybe falter a little bit. Finals MVP? Uh, it's gonna be the the fucking stones in the bot lane, bro. Like <laughs> rock, rock, boom, flash, flash, uh, Aphelios, Infernum, two hundred years, Giga Chad, Pentakill. <laughs> Fair enough. Hopefully, they'll, they'll <laughs> I'm really just like spouting nonsense from my MVPs, aren't I? Like, I... It, it's what you see in your mind, and that it's is what, that it's, is it's what, what I got up here is in my mind's yeah. eye. <laughs> Let's move on to somebody that could be playing in the finals and uh, potentially one of the favorites, our reigning champions from the first qualifier, Maryville University. Had some stumbles at the start of qualifier two, but seems to be all firing once again entering finals weekend. I think the reason you should root for this team is kind of something that we've mentioned time to time on the broadcast, but um, wanna, I just want to like kind of have the opportunity to, to talk about it here a little bit. Maryville have been in these spaces where, uh, like the, whether it's Proving Grounds Circuit qualifiers in, in the past couple of years or now here in the NACLQ, where they look really strong to start off the split, uh, and then after it, after their first couple of tournaments, start to slip a little bit, and then they end in in a situation where they have for you know for both proving grounds having to play against TSM Academy for that play in spot both splits. I don't think that that is something that this uh, college wanted to continue with the with the stigma and with it looked like we might have been going there a little bit after they went three two in the OQs and dropped the two zero to TFT. But ever since that loss to, to Taco, they have been looking like once again just like the strongest team in the entire event and so i think that's what you want to root for you want to root for them to finally break this this weird curse that they end up having and and not only is there like a bit of a stigma in regards to like uh how they perform but you know it, it also leads to a lot of people kind of doubting them and by extension all the collegiate teams that we see in amateur and i think if you want to root for collegiate like people have always doubted whether or not they can continue this success for as long as they've had and play at such a high level and and you know whether or not they reached that high height of CLOL champion again right like they're always there they're always in the conversation and and you can never count that against a team and i mean it's i feel like 
in a in an odd way it's like you know a lot of times we root against dynasties we root against the titans but once one's been gone for a little bit you kind of root for them to rebuild it like i know i'm kind of sitting here like man imagine a faker in his 11th competitive season won the league of legends grand slam like that's a little bit of the vibes for maryville too yeah how they win i think is is kind of how they've always win how they've always won while they've been playing it's just the early game I, I early mean, aggression chinese yeah. style man like that you, they've you said get, it they've, they've said it themselves you get the renekton and elise you get the lease in <laughs> Yeah, you got the roaming like roaming. Uh, the the Otto Orange Niles bromance. Yeah, yeah, you just uh, and, you know the scary, scary Jerry's like a win lane as yeah. well somehow because that's just how they are. So <laughs> I think I yeah. think that's how they win. Everyone knows how Maryville likes to play the game. Everyone knows exactly what to prepare for. And honestly, that's what makes them so damn scary. Is a lot of teams do prepare for it and they still get fucking destroyed. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking <laughs> at the top. I'm looking at the top lane pool. It's Tony Top. It's PCL and it's. Alorum. Uh, might be hard to break some of them, but uh, if any team's going to do it, it's going to be Maryville, so I'm excited to see that. Niles definitely has the potential to just really pop off this tournament. Um, when we're looking at places to exploit, potentially, um, honestly, I think Maryville um, are able to kind of play some of these, these late-game map rotations pretty well. I think um, even though they're an early-game team, the late-game isn't necessarily their weakness. I think if you... Um, However, I think if you are able to exploit something, at least at the moment, it might be their bot lane. Because as much as we've been hyping up Scary Jerry and Zyko throughout the season, um, I think a lot of the reason behind some of their not their their lower levels of success, at least in this second qualifier, has been them. If they step it up, and I am expecting them to step it up for this finals weekend, they could be the they they could be my finals MVPs. But if I'm an opponent looking at how to take out this team, might be looking down in the bottom lane. Yeah, I think you have one or two options. I agree with you. I think Maryville's late game is actually usually pretty clean, at least from a player perspective. However, they usually draft more for early games, so that you could do one of two things. Uh, you could not get shit on and play just play a harder scaling comp. That doesn't mean you should pick full scaling. That's how you get shit on. But like, pick a team that can scale better while also fighting early. Or, like, fight fire with fire, go full balls to the wall with them and do it better. I, I mean, I know that's pretty broad strokes, risky. but those are the two ways to do it, and those are the ways we've seen Maryville fold in the past. Because, I mean, it has been the case that when they have gone up against, for example, uh, <clears throat> UST and Seal Championship last year, they lost because UST was able to do pretty well against them in the early game, and but then had better team fight compositions later and cleaner team fighting later. And, and it wasn't, like even entirely a player thing it was just ust their game plan was more tailored towards that and it worked um yeah. but we've also seen teams try to fight fire with fire with them sometimes it works too so i think that's it but i, I think if there's gonna be a final finals mvp for maryville i mean i think it's got to be odd orange i just feel like when you're playing such an aggressive style no matter how well any of your lanes do it's going to start somewhere and it's going to start from this jungler uh that has a very fun name <laughs> uh, that's not, not the reason why i mean odd orange he's is my just a great player brother, I, I drafted man. him in my fantasy team i think <laughs> Yeah, you got you got the duo in the top lane. At, at, yeah, like, right. In the, in the first the rotation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very excited to watch Maryville play. And and you mentioned how they're the only collegiate team. I'm gonna have to put an asterisk around that as we go to our next team because Team Fish Taco is That's true. basically that is a good point. A, a collegiate team. It's, it's UST with. It's um, it is UST with Alorum with, playing with uh, Red basically. Alorum's actually a, a coach at UST as well. So that's right. uh, another another interesting caveat there. Uh, TFT have looked pretty good. Um, they, of course, have have dropped some weird games to different like lower seeded teams, whether it was Conviction or Zenigma in each of the qualifiers, respectively. But 
showed up when it mattered. They took a very clean series win off of Supernova. They also beat Maryville in their group. Uh, why should we be rooting for Team Fish Taco? Well, you know, I I think uh, when you look at all these other teams, um, a lot of what they have is sorry i <laughs> i gotta collect my thoughts grace can you go first on this one i'm sorry sure. i i'm gonna take this from a bit of a different angle here we've been talking about like why sure for the players and, and things like that let's think about this organization for a second team fish taco is of course also prevalent in other esports they have like a valorant team uh mm -hmm. and things like that and i think a large uh thing that we were discussing in the quarterfinals on the mainstream when we were watching tft play against supernova is that i think both of these teams both these squads feel a bit vindicated for you know not being able to get that provisional spot in the nacl um as kind of a, an established organization uh and i think if you are tft winning this winning this and performing really well promoting into the nacl um could be a good signal for other organizations uh, of course native was one that tried this year but you're looking at other other teams whether it's uh someone like phase or luminosity or things like that or or even like disguised toast or ludwig or with Mo with, with uh, moist esports and, and things like that showing that you have the, the path as an organization to get up to the stage um and, and compete at the highest level i think that would be a really cool thing to see yeah that's that's sort of in the direction i was going you articulated it a lot better than whatever the hell was about to come out of my mouth because <laughs> i do i do think this is a storied organization um and and one where they've taken a couple chances with some players like red uh, they've got a lot of experience obviously alorum dap uh daption dardock uh players like that and i mean i just I think, like, when you think of amateur at this point, like, the teams in the ecosystem, the obviously Supernova is, like, the one, but then I think Team Fish Taco is sort of, like, also getting their name up there for sure. And and it's exciting to see this team doing really well, and I, I just happen to like a lot of these players, too. I know it's a more experienced team. It's They're not, like, this fiery batch of rookies, but you don't need to be, uh, and, and they would probably be able to challenge some of these NACL teams as well. Also just got to root for Robbie Bob. Just because a oh, great yeah. story, just like overall, but also this split. Got got some time with Evil Genius. Gotta love Robbie Bob. Caster's favorite mid laner is always Robbie <laughs> hey, get Bob. Him. He had a great series against Supernova. That he did. Some of those Vagar stuns were insane. Anyway, uh, in terms of what they do well, I think Robbie Bob is amazing. I think that um, Red and Daption are also something where you have to look at as well, where um, Daption had a great uh series against supernova and we got to interview him after and he was like nah bro i suck that series and so <laughs> if he's able to like get to the level that he wants to get to like i don't even i don't even know yeah i mean th this is just like uh i think this is the most rock solid team at, nice. i guess ironically out of all of the uh out of all the semifinalist teams in nacq where it doesn't feel like there's a very clear chink in the armor we've seen some teams try to exploit them through their bottom lane but like their their top side of the map is so incredibly stalwart. Like, how the fuck do you break through Alorum, Dardock, and Robbie? Like, these are players that are renowned for their consistent laning and uh, exquisite team fighting ability. And then Dardock, his ability to facilitate, honestly, like, <laughs> through the billions of teams that he's <laughs> maybe bounced through in his career, like, one thing has main remained consistent. He's been able to facilitate a lot of different kinds of playstyles, and he's actually become a very adaptable player <laughs> over that time. Yeah. And I think that's something you should take away from him uh, in his past, you know. So, hey, I, 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 uh, I think when your top side is that is that strong, and you got a superstar in the making in red, like, where, where are the weaknesses, you know? 
if you had to ask me, like, just given the general vision and view that people have of these players, how do you beat TFT? It would be like Camp Dardock, you know, like, just make sure you get super far behind, and then maybe tilts a little bit, but they Supernova tried that, and it did not work. I don't work. think it's, was, like, it just doesn't work, man. No, like, <laughs> Dardock was 0-5 on Kindred, and then he actually just, like, won them the game with how he played the later 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 stages of things. Like, I, I think this team is, is really hard to beat. If you're going to try to beat them, it's just going to have to be through just, like, I don't know, just every everybody's going to have to step up and, and just kind of go blow for blow with this team because you're not you're not really finding yeah. a weakness i think over all around yeah i i don't think there's a pronounced weakness like i said if there if there were to be one we have seen some suspect moments in lane for red i do think red's laning is the weakest aspect of his gameplay uh just because his team fighting is so good <laughs> um and so like there is room there if you can get a favorable matchup something a little bit more dominant uh you might be able to make things happen especially if we're looking at a team like maryville that likes to play a bit more aggressive like we're talking about how rock solid team fish taco is well you know not having variance is a good thing for a lot of reasons but it also can be a difficult thing if you're facing a really aggressive and strong team one that likes to create variance and so we, we could see some chinks in the armor there for sure TF tft like to go late late game i think a yeah lot they're the well, they're so. the slowest they're the slowest team in this pool by a pretty significant margin because i thought i think the other one was native um, yeah, I, I think overall they they do like to to play things out a lot. Yeah, maybe maybe that is where you can exploit them. If you get a lead, I think that's pretty pretty good for you. But I don't know. I, I'm finding it hard. Maybe they are my favorites going in. I, I'm just like I, I don't know. It's so hard to tell at this point. But. It, it, I mean, it's it's just anyone can beat anyone. But I I, yeah. I would agree with you. I think TFT is the favorites, and it's because my finals MVP is going to be Robbie Bob is somehow going to get his hands on Victor in Game Five, and like. <laughs> It's going to be bloody. It's going to be ugly. Like, they're going to they're gonna forget to ban it or something. Like, there's going to be something that goes horribly wrong. No, no, no. Here's what happens, okay? They they have blue side in game five, and they don't ban Victor in the first three things. Like, there's no way he blind picks it on one, right? And Robbie Bob fucking slams that shit. B1, <laughs> comfort pick Victor, and, like, 50,000 damage. <laughs> Even if it's countered by all five champions on the enemy team, does not matter. Doesn't matter. It's uh, Robbie Bob Victor, man. NPC. I have watched this guy back in the team pending days last summer. I have watched this guy go like 07 in lane and win the game. Like it's, yeah. it's heinous. Which I think that was against Supernova. Actually, that that game was kind <laughs> no, of ridiculous. Oh, that that game was a little ridiculous. I won't lie. It was a little. It was a little outrageous. But it. <laughs> they won. So hey, beat him once, beat it again. I guess. Uh, Who was that against? Was that against Supernova? I think it was. I I don't remember. We're gonna have to it was a group stage game. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it to Daption. I like. I love seeing this guy succeed. I I don't know. Just like the past couple of years, going from amateur back into collegiate now, and gets an opportunity to finally be once again back at like the top of the table in this in this scene is really good. It's really awesome to hear. Uh, getting to talk to him again in the interviews that we've had with him have been great. Uh, and I think if he continues his play. And again, continues to scale the way that he he so seemingly wants to. That could be the difference maker in them lifting that trophy or kind of the the virtual trophy, I guess. I don't know if there's really a, a physical one uh, for the, for this event. I, uh, I don't think there is. Either. I don't think there is. But <laughs> either the, way, the tro the trophy can be like demoting somebody. That's a that's a moral trophy, right the there. The trophy <laughs> is yeah the the bodies of your enemies as you send them Whoa, down to the abyss. That's morbid. <laughs> Oh, All right, I think that's the signal to move on to the yeah, last team. We've, we've already been we've been, we've been at this part two for thirty eight <laughs> minutes. Yeah, TikTok Tony's hot grapes. What uh what fucking why why? I don't know. We have we have them on our show, man. They, they love it. Yeah, snow. so funny, so awesome. 
and, and the top side is just kind of I, there. I think, as you said when we were talking about rock bottom, they're like a perfect epitome of what semi-pro, yeah. what amateur used to be, or, and kind of still is. You have these veterans who have been around, and then some new players, and they all come together, play some League of Legends, and hey, they now have a shot to be one of the best in the entire league. I think it's cool too, um, because this this team has really created some stars and levitated yeah. snow too. Like when we were seeding the teams for the first tournament, we were like, "Yeah, you know, this top side looks really good, but like Suzy <laughs> hasn't played in a couple years, and then like like levitate and snow too. Like, what are these guys playing UPL once or something? Like, you know, we weren't really sure what to expect, and they've come in and they've been absolutely incredible. Made finals last time, and I mean, they very well could do it again as well. So, I uh, I'm excited about this team. Um, I think. I think Tony Top. They're fun to watch. They've got fun personalities, uh, and they're they're just they're I don't know they're fun they're vibrant they're volatile. What what more could you need? <laughs> yeah, they they're, they're very fun. I think that kind of goes into how they what they do to win. I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, volatile status, you know, Snow Two and Levitate were really hyping up Tony Top, and I think that he is a very very strong player, especially at this level. Um, and I think that. It doesn't really matter what champion he's on. He's just going to help them win no matter what. And Wallflower, we had a really great qualifier one, continuing to play incredible, continuing to play spectacularly again. Uh, yeah, just kind of, again, another another solid top side. I think it's kind of the trend that we're getting at with some of these teams. I kind of really hope we see a, a Tony Top team, TFT finals uh, so that way we can get the like gatekeeper of top lane carry matchups and Tony Top against the gatekeeper of weak side <laughs> top lane and Alorum. Like like the, the unstoppable force against the immovable object in top that's lane. A, that's just... a great graphic that we could put up. I, yeah, well, we, we should do... We actually... That, that needs to happen. Uh, stat. Uh, <laughs> make it happen. Um... Because I mean, like that would be such a fun top matchup to watch, uh, and 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 they do create volatility. If we are going to talk about weaknesses, I feel like this is the C nine of like uh, of amateur okay. where you could get them to party a little bit too hard. If you tug on their pubes a little too hard, they might get a little <laughs> they might get a little confused. You know, like I don't God know. Damn it! That's <laughs> oh not going God. away. Like I it's, think that's it's, so it's, funny. It's, it's just gonna live with them for the rest of their careers. I think it's hilarious. I mean, like if you awesome. want to if you want people to know who you are, like some goofy ass voice comms <laughs> is the way to go. That was the other thing. I don't think messages and fanatics said this on air. I think it was before we started recording. Because I, I told right them about how what you're gonna leak it right now. Well, it's not, I'm not like leaking anything. It's not like. <laughs> It, they told me while we were weren't recording like i asked them if they saw the mess the the levitate and snow 2 episode and then they they were like yeah you know we saw it and i was like and, and they were talking about how they had they had really funny voice comms messages of fans said they had really funny voice comms i'm like you guys should should make tiktoks just like ttt does and they're like no i don't think we can do that like I, i'm like there's what could you possibly say that's worse than tugging on their pubes and they're like well i don't know man like i <laughs> I guess we'll never know at the end of the day. Guess we'll never know. Yeah, it's um, funny. I, I think they do have some happy games sometimes. Uh, that that is something that we can look at. Um, but I think overall, like they're able to bounce back generally. Like we've we've seen moments of where they you know, drop drop series and and then just like Snow Two has a crazy Ronaldo ultimate to just like come back and and I think that that could be a cool thing to look at for for Finals MVP. I am excited to to. I, I think if Tony Top does end up end up winning, I, I'm excited to see their bot lane maybe take a step because Ooh. they. I know that both of them, as from talking to them, they both are feeling. They both were feeling down after losing to a Maryville team that I think both of them 
were expected to perform a little bit better in and i think that they both i think levitate specifically acknowledged that like hey i think i was a, a big reason for us going 0-3 in that finals and if they do come back out and and, and beat maryville and make it to the finals I, I feel like we've been talking a lot about the top side Let, let's let's give the bot lane some love hey i'm with that uh honestly I, I would love to see that too i mean i i if i had to like guess an mvp i probably would say it's tony topper wallflower but i i would love to see that for the storyline because i do think i mean even now when we talk about this team like yeah we at, at this point acknowledge that levitate and snow two are great players but i do think compared to say uh compared to say the bot lane of maryville like we have our doubts and um seeing this team be able to step up uh the levitate and snow two in particular i think would be really great it'll be really fun to watch i think overall like for for NACL, like you, you kind of have we kind of have our ideas of how things might go, but these four teams, uh, I I am just very interested to see how it's gonna play out. I, I think Maryville, TFT, and, and Tony Top specifically, like yeah, like I have no idea honestly. I think like I'm I looking mean, at like oh like they're definitely the favorite. Oh no, this team's definitely the favorite. This team's definitely it, the favorite. And it goes back to last last tournament. They were very clearly the top three. I think at the end of at the end of last tournament, and now they come back in and they are very clearly the top. three three again so uh i mean I, I i i mean we talked about it at ACL. anyone can beat anyone well shit only gets crazier when you go down to amateur so i'm excited for the qualifiers down in the depths up. yeah yeah Can i know down down here in the fucking in, in the thunderdome man like, <laughs> shit, what happens what happens in, in amateur stays in amateur first rule you don't talk about it like mm-hmm. that's Except, except for for us, we we can talk. We, about we it. talk about it a lot. I mean, we, we just talk play. about it a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna do it for our our last episode before the conclusion of the spring split. We'll be back next week, back on our Wednesday schedule. Uh, as finally, there are no more games on Tuesday, which means we actually get to like have go back to this to the regular swing of things. Um, keep an eye out for some of the sea level stuff that we're doing. We will. I'll be on the finals actually for the second qualifier i don't know if i was allowed to spoil that or not but make sure to check that out on twitch.tv slash rally cry official gonna be a good time uh, i don't know Hawk, anything you want to plug yeah uh you know check out our show on saturday st louis university against northwood that's gonna be a really great one grapes i don't know if you'll be here but uh i'll i'll be there at least and i'll i'll have a great partner in crime if, if my guy's not there um so i think that's at 3 p.m eastern time if i'm not mistaken so um be sure to check out that one it's gonna be a great series uh collegiate is awesome and we're trying to get into it as much as possible follow us on all of our social media at salty runback pod shoot us an email at salty runback pod at gmail.com our episodes release every week as grape said next week we'll be back to that wednesday schedule on apple music spotify twitch and youtube you can also follow us on twitter we would love to hear from you and look you can take anything we might have said with a grain of salt there's a lot of teams a lot of storylines but at the end of the day only one can win each of these tournaments i've been hawk that's been grapes Have a great night. It's finals.